Hi, everybody. Welcome again to the world premiere of my new album, Bobby M. and the Paisley Parade. This is the fourth episode of the rollout of the album and features the songs Feeling So Good and A Lover's Plea. And speaking of pleas, I'm pleased to tell you that I have a very special guest joining me today, superstar saxophonist, or as he might say, saxophonist, John Helliwell from Supertramp. John played on four tracks on the album. You've already heard two of them. They're called This Time and My Love. This episode introduces the other two tracks, again, Feeling So Good and A Lover's Plea. So, John Halliwell, I want to welcome you once again to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Uh, thank you, and it's a real pleasure to be here, traveling the world, talking to you. That's right. You're on a world tour here from the wilds of England. Yeah. You know, you're the superstar of this podcast because this is now the third time that I've had you on the show. No one else has been on three times. Whoa. We met the first time through Tony Carey, who is my producer, and I think you play with him in Mandoki Soulmates. Yes, what a guy, nice guy. Fantastic uh, musician, fantastic guy, and great long hair, okay? <laughs> yes, he is. And so your first episode, which was kind of early on in the podcast and did really, really fantastic, but then I decided to do another episode, an encore episode of that, and it went to even more people. And now this is the third time on here. And along the way, I said, gee, wouldn't it be great if for this new album, I could get somebody like John to play on it? And you were so kind and graceful about it. And uh, you, as I said in the introduction, you played on those four tracks and just came out super. Well, you sent me the music and um, I liked it. So it was an easy, it was an easy choice, you know. You know, it's so interesting today, of course, you can you can do these things remotely. In the old days, we all had to be in the same studio. Yeah. And you told that one story, which I still love, about the song that you recorded where you were sitting in the john on top of the toilet and you did your solo. <laughs> it wasn't because I was uh, incapacitated. It was just a, an acoustic thing. <laughs> Well, I can tell you that we didn't need to do that this time. Neither of us was sitting on the toilet when we recorded this album. I was able to do the tracks in New York City, and we flew them uh, somehow electronically to England, and you were able to put your fantastic saxophone parts in there. It's just a different way to do things these days, isn't it? Yes, it is. It works, doesn't it? It's good. Yep. It seems to um, gel, you know. It's nice. All right. Well, listen, you are with one of the greatest bands of all time, in my opinion, which is Supertramp. And I know I asked you the same question probably back in the day when, when we did that last interview, but what's your recollections now? What's your immediate feelings of having played with that band? Oh, very proud to have been associated with, with those guys. And I think we did a really good job over the years. You know, we, we made some good albums and then we went out and played live and we were able to get a really good sound. What we wanted when we first started in, in the 70s going out, uh, say, for example, with Crime of the Century, which was a kind of hi-fi album, and what we wanted was to go and present uh, our music to the, to the public and 
for it to be like a giant tie fi So anyway, we got a good reputation for sound. And it was music that sold it all, not antics or anything. You know, we were there for the music. Well, it was terrific music. That band, you haven't played together in many years at this point, am I correct? No, it's been about 10 years, 11 years since we since we played at the gigs. We were due to do some about five, five years ago, and, and, and Rick Davis got ill and we couldn't complete, we couldn't do any of the tour, so... We, we haven't played since, nor are we likely to. You know, the interesting thing, I've, I've spoken to a number of artists that went back all the way to the 60s, and every one of them said, gee, when we did our music back then, we were hoping for a couple of years, you know, of a run. Nobody ever thought that the music was going to last 50 years or so. No, not Super at all. Tramp is also, you know, you, you came out with your, your great albums in the late 70s, and that music has just endured, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's because they're good songs, they're good tunes. Um, it played pretty well, you know. So yeah, it lasts. I'm very very happy about it. All right. Well, speaking of good tunes, let's go to the two tunes that we were talking about here. Yeah. The first one, feeling so good. You know, the whole album I wrote is kind of my '60s type of album. It's a combination for me of my 60s upbringing together with my jazz fusion part of my life, which was the 70s. And I tried to combine them into this album. Feeling So Good had an odd meter, but it was something where I wanted to capture that 60s feel. And right in the middle of the whole thing, Tony introduced me to Deobrat Mishra. Oh, yeah. The great Indian sitar player who I guess played with the uh, Mandoki soulmates. And I said to him, would you like to try and just come in on this piece? And so I sent him the completed file, and he came back in playing the sitar. Um, it sounded like Ravi Shankar again.
It sounds good. Yeah, it, it adds a real international flavor to it. And it kind of sends it spacey, you know, it, it, the whole thing gets spacey. And even the sound that you, you, you put on my saxophone, it sounds like I'm floating in the clouds somewhere. You did something nice to it, like it's, I don't know what you call it, but. When you sent it to me, when you sent your tracks to me, you said it was called like wet saxophone. Okay. Oh yeah. So we started out with that, and uh, I'll I'll give all the credit to my engineer Lou Holtzman uh, for giving the sound. But putting together the sitar solo next to your saxophone solo, I thought was just great, and the sound just merged together well. Yeah, it's it's nice. It sounds good. It's a good blend, and uh, and it's a really interesting sound. When I've heard it after you'd done it like that, I thought, wow, man, I'm just floating above all the floating above in the clouds. There, fabulous. <laughs> I'll bet you haven't played with too many other sitar players. Am I correct? It's the first one, I think. Yeah, it's the first one. Yeah, it's good. All right, let's go to the second song, "A Lover's Plea." It was the last song that I wrote for the album. And I'll tell you, the rest of the album was it was very 60s oriented for me when I was writing the songs. But I always wanted to write one of those classic 50s songs that yeah. had you know the C, A minor, F, G type of progression for all you musicians out there. And that's how this song came about. It's not doo-wop or anything, but it's in that ilk. 
isn't it? It's that that kind of era. Yeah, good. Well, if you think about it, there must have been hundreds of songs that were written back then that all had that same chord progression. Yes. And we love them all, even to this day. Well, it's an interesting thing, that that progression. It's interesting for the listeners' ears, and they kind of they kind of know what's going to happen. You know, they, they hear it once go around and they know what's going to happen. Like with jazz musicians playing the blues, the 12-bar blues or something, you kind of know what's coming. And then, so it's kind of really interesting what you put on top of that, you know. And it's a challenge. I think that's a good word because I thought it was a challenge that I gave you to figure out how you might integrate into that song because it it wasn't set up as a saxophone song and you kind of noodled around for most of the song but then you you kind of got into this groove at the end yes and we decided okay that's what we're going to go with you know less is more if you will i didn't think we had to put the sax throughout the entire song but the whole last verse and the ride out is all about you and i thought it was terrific it sounds it sounds nice yeah yeah i um well i've just been listening to it and uh yeah, it's nice. It just fits in. I, I I didn't have to really think too hard about it. It's just the music's coming in and it just inspires me to play. So, yeah, there we go. Let's do some gigs. How are you talking? Exactly. Let's do some gigs. I want to thank you, John Helliwell, for being on the podcast yet again. You're in the lead for for the most times on the podcast. Thank you so much appearing on the album you did a fantastic job and all best wishes to you thank you robert and good luck with the album and um call me anytime